This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The NFL Draft Recap Shows continue. We kicked off this mini eight-part series with the NFC West. Last episode, tonight we're discussing every team in the NFC East, sharing my favorite picks that they each team made, value picks they made, questionable picks, kind of a synopsis of the class all together to kind of set the stage, recapping this. So many podcasts, so many sites, the draft comes and comes and do so much prep for it, and then draft weekend comes and goes, there's some recap shows, and then it's over already. And here at Saturday, Sunday, we spend a really long time recapping what happens in the NFL draft from these recap shows to then so many experts in the industry. We really won't turn the page probably till sometime, you know, in mid July or something, you know, or early July before we start getting ready to really, you know, ratchet it up for the next college football season, because there is so much to break down. And it's, it's from an NFL perspective. It's from a fantasy or dynasty perspective. It's just talking and sharing our thoughts on what we liked and what they did, you know, to, to better their teams. And there's so much to break down. And if you just kind of rush through it right on draft weekend, you know, you kind of lose sight of, of not being able to see the big picture. And it's kind of even why I kind of let a week or so go by before I start recording these podcasts, recapping what the teams did, because I just need some time to kind of process it and, and, and kind of make, you know, let it be known, you know, how I feel about these picks and stuff like that. I've been putting it out there slowly on Twitter, division by division recaps, when, and this is kind of the audio version of it where I can go into a little bit more depth. So let's kind of get right into it. We will start tonight with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I picked 24 in the first round. They took Tulsa offensive tackle or offensive guard Tyler Smith. In the second round, I picked 56. They took Ole Miss edge Sam Williams. In the third round, pick 88. They took South Alabama wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. In the fourth round, at 129, they took Wisconsin tight end Jake Ferguson. In the fifth round, they took North Dakota offensive tackle Matt Welska. In the fifth round, they also took Fresno State cornerback Deron Bland. In another fifth round pick, they took LSU linebacker Damone Clark. In the fifth round, they also took Arkansas defensive tackle John Ridgeway. And then the sixth round, they took Oklahoma State linebacker Devin Harper. I really liked what the Cowboys did for the most part. My favorite pick was Jalen Tolbert in round three. Obviously, they traded away Amari Cooper more for because of his contract. But Jalen Tolbert comes in and could immediately be the third wide receiver, you know, after, you know, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. I think Jalen Tolbert is a guy who can play on the outside when he does that, that can kick C.D. Lamb where he's at his best into the slot. Uh, so I really like the Jalen Tolbert pick. That was probably my favorite pick in addition to Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is a guy who Cowboys line went from being one of the best in the league to all of a sudden a couple cracks. Uh, they lost Lyle Collins. Some of the guys are getting a little bit older. Tyler Smith is a guy who, yes, a little bit raw, but a lot of upside can, you know, has guard tackle flexibility. He's probably going to start out as their right tackle, but for some reason that doesn't pan out. He could probably become a really good guard as well. Uh, value picks. I, I thought they found a couple good value picks in terms of round five. Damone Clark, you know, to me, he's a round two type talent. If it wasn't for the 
injury that's going to keep him out this whole year. But in the fifth round, when you have four fifth round picks, that's the perfect time to use one on a guy like Damone Clark. Uh, so I really like that. And I think John Ridgway was a really good pick. I think John Ridgway, if he would have went somewhere in the middle to late part of round three or early round four, nobody would have been surprised. They get him all the way at pick 178. So I think he's a guy who can come in and eventually work his way into a starting role there. So I really like a couple of those fifth round picks, Damone Clark, John Ridgeway. I even like Deron Bland. I know DJ uh, Dan Jeremiah had him in his top 150, really good ball skills uh, from the Fresno State linebacker there. So Deron Bland, Clark, and Ridgeway. I thought they really had an excellent round five. In terms of questionable decisions, I think taking Sam Williams, who in the second round, there was a lot of character off the field issues that People thought he could even fall to date three. So taking him in the second round of pick 56, I know that's kind of a Cowboys thing. They wanted to replace the, the, the pass rush ability of Randy Gregory. Sam Williams has a really good first step, very explosive, a little bit unrefined. Uh, but I do think that was not the best value. I think he was probably going to fall down the board a little bit. My guess is they could have probably gotten him at pick 88. I know they got really good value there and a good pick in Jalen Tolbert there, but they probably could have targeted Williams there. And then maybe there was a wide receiver at 56. They liked a lot more than Jalen Tolbert. They probably could have went that route as well. But all in all, I thought the Cowboys uh, improved themselves on draft weekend, but they had some major holes they had to fill, right? They they lost Amari Cooper. They lost Leo Collins. So I thought they did a good job filling some of those holes, getting some good value, uh, and if Sam Williams is as good as they think he could be and, and the off-the-field stuff is no longer concerned, then I think this can really be a really strong graph, uh, draft. I didn't even talk about Jake Ferguson. I think he could be a really good tight end too. And if at some point they move on from Dalton Schultz, I think I think Jake Ferguson is a guy who could probably step in and be a very similar type player where he could develop into a starter very similar to how Dalton Schultz did over the last couple years. If we keep this going, next up in the division was the New York football Giants. Obviously, my favorite team that I follow closely. In the first round of pick five, they took Oregon edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau. It, at, in the first round of pick seven overall, they took Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal. In the second round of pick 43, they took Kentucky wide receiver Wendell Robinson. At, in the third round of pick 67 overall, they took North Carolina offensive guard Joshua Zadu. In the third round, pick 81, they took LSU cornerback Cordell Flott. In the fourth round, they took San Diego State tight end Daniel Bellinger. In the fourth round, they also took Iowa safety Dane Belton. In the fifth round, they had a, they had a trio of picks. They took Indiana linebacker Micah McFadden first. Then they took Arizona State defensive tackle DJ Davidson. And then they rounded it out with offensive guard out of UNC Marcus McCaithen. In the sixth round, they took Cincinnati linebacker Darian Beavers. So though the Jets had a really the Giants, sorry, had a really good draft all in all when you when you add it all together. I think in the first round, the way the board fell, them getting Neal and Thibodeau, then they got possibly two franchise cornerstone picks and Tibbs Neal, important values, positional values that are really expensive in free agency and hard to find. Really dominant tackles and edge rushers are hard to come by and they cost a lot of money in free agency. So getting... Thibodeau and Neal to kind of fall to their lap. I thought it was tremendous value. Uh, they didn't get cute there. They didn't pivot to another position. They didn't trade down. When those guys were there, two blue chip players that once upon a time were both project- projected to be the first pick in the draft, I thought they did really well for themselves there. Uh, 
Neil was my favorite pick of of that duo. Obviously, I was, you know, anybody who listened to me or followed me on Twitter, I was hoping for Sauce Gardner and Evan Neal. I got Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, the image that por- that was portrayed by Kayvon Thibodeau, I think it's a little bit different once I dug into him a little bit more. Yeah, he's got a big personality, real big personality. But this is a guy who I don't really believe there was a lot of plays on film that that he took off. And this is a guy who fought back from an injury. So I think some of that stuff uh, was very, you know, unwarranted in terms of the criticism on his personality and stuff. Yeah, his big personality. But that's fine to say that. But I think they, they were going after his his on the field, you know, abilities and work, you know, work ethic on the field. And I think that uh, really was unwarranted. He knows that if he wants to be this mega star, he's got to pr- produce, right? He's not going to be a mega star if he can't produce on the football field, especially in New York, you're going to, you're going to get crucified if you're not living up to expectations. Uh, my favorite value pick was Darian Beavers in the sixth round. This is a guy that some people thought could be a third or a fourth round pick. I thought he was more of a fourth, fifth round guy. So they got him late in the sixth round. I mean, they got him in the early portion of sixth round. Uh, so I thought Beavers with that. If he developed into a starting inside backer, you know, especially in base downs, because I think he's more best. Well, he's got the athleticism to maybe play a little bit in coverage. I still think he's more of a throwback linebacker. Uh, two downs inside stuff like that. So he would be my favorite value pick. Um, I really did like my qu- most questionable pick is Cordell Flott. Uh, for me, I know some people probably it's Wendell Robinson. I'll get to him in a second, but Cordell Flott, I thought they were guys that were a little bit more safe at the position. Like even a guy like Kobe Bryant who went to the fourth round to the Seahawks, I think could have been a guy who came right in and immediately became a starter. And I think they needed that maybe at the cornerback position because as I'm recording this, James Bradbury just got released uh, recently. Uh, you know, so they need they need somebody to, to play sooner rather than later. Flott's got really good size, uh, great length, but he's really thin. Uh, definitely some development. He's only 20 years old. So this is not a guy who's a plug and play guy. This is a guy you're betting on the traits to, to develop down the line into maybe a, a hopefully a high end starter, but that's not a guy. So I thought they could have went a little bit safer there. So I thought that was a little bit questionable. I did really like the Mike McFadden pick up uh, pick to me. He was arguably the best blitzing linebacker in this class and I think that's what Wink Martindale really likes to do with his middle linebackers. So I think Micah McFadden could be the guy who plays the most from their day for repicks. So that was a really good pick. Dane Belton, the safety out of Iowa, is a guy who's got versatility, who can cover tight ends, who can play in the box, can play a little bit in the back half of the safety position as well, even though that's mostly going to be Xavier McKinney. So I think he's a versatile chess piece uh, for for that Wink Martindale defense as well. DJ, DJ Davidson will just be some depth along uh, the defensive line. I, while I would have went a different route than, um, as they do in terms of pick 67, I, you know, I like Dylan Parham a lot more. I do like that. They invest a lot of resources in the offensive line as they do. And his teammate, Marcus McCathan, I think as they do, will have a chance sooner rather than later to become a starting left guard there. So, you know, he's a guy that if he stayed in school another year, we might've been talking about a guy as a, as a round two pick. So they, they liked him enough. They think he probably is a future starter. I thought the Daniel Bellinger pick was really good. Uh, he's a guy, a lot of untapped athleticism and upside that we didn't really get to see utilized at San Diego state. Cause he was asked to block so much, but this is a guy who I think they probably envisioned their version of Dawson Knox, who had a lot of athleticism and untapped upside at Ole Miss, but just wasn't utilized enough because of the, receivers they had there in Bellinger's case it's more because the offensive scheme was so based around the run game 
Uh, but I think Bellinger's a guy who could quickly emerge to be a starting guy. So I think Bellinger could be a starter. I think Belton's going to play a lot this year. I think Fadden could earn a starting job. I think Davidson could be a role player this year. So I liked a lot of what they did on day three. I would have pivoted a different different players instead of Azadu and Cordell Flott. So my most questionable issues with the with the draft was those third round picks. I thought there were ways they could have went in the third round. As for the Wendell Robinson pick, it's it's kind of one of those things where it really caught me off guard. Uh, I had him as my seventh rated wide receiver in this draft class, but I was higher on him than anybody. Most people had him as a, you know, in terms of the draft, media people had him as a mid three to early four type guy. Most people had him as the 12th or 13th or 14th best wide receiver. So when he came off the board at, at 43, they smartly traded down twice. I think they targeted him. I think they wanted him. They chose him over Sky Moore, George Pickens. I think this was a, a guy that they thought they needed for Brian Dable's offense. They wanted to create a lot of space. They want creators. And Wendell Robinson is a guy I absolutely love. I think he's a lot more than a gadget player. I think it's doing him a disservice when you call him a gadget player. I think he's a guy who could be a starting slot in this league who you could also use on a lot of other gadget-type ways in terms of an offensive playmaker, jet sweeps, push passes, quick slants, quick screens, but I also think he, he's got the toughness even at his size and frame to be a guy who can go over the middle, make a big patch. He can make things happen. His change of direction, his agility, his footwork. I think, you know, I think he's got probably the best movement skills of anybody in this draft class. I think his change of direction, his yak ability is as good as anybody in this class. So now they're going to put him and Tony out there together, create space and let these guys kind of work. So I get the process. Would it have been my pick if I was? No, I would. If they were going to go wide receiver, I probably would have went Sky Moore at that at that spot or George Pickens. Uh, but I like Wendell Robinson. I didn't think the league liked him as much as I did personally. Uh, but it, it did come out after the fact that Jordan Renan said that he talked to five other teams and and none of them thought that it was it was that far away from where he was going to go. So it sounded like the NFL, a lot of teams in the NFL might have had a mid second round to early third round grade on him, which was a lot different than maybe what was out there, you know, with the draft media and draft Twitter, who which had him a little bit further down the board. There seems to be some reports since then that the Bills were maybe eyeing him and the chiefs and, and that kind of makes sense right they like to get their players in space brian dable came from buffalo mike kafka came from kansas city so those teams value a guy like wendell robinson more than some other teams i think that's where the giants were, were looking with that so a little bit a little bit more in depth there obviously you guys anybody who knows me well enough knows the giants was going to be one that was going to spend a little bit extra time on so Question their third round picks a little bit. I would have went a different direction, but they seem to be targeting specific guys on day two and day three that fit the new schemes that they're trying to establish and create. Uh, and they think these guys could could really fit into creating that new culture, that new scheme. Uh, and I think they do believe some of these guys have high end upside too to maybe become functional players, uh, role players, and hopefully some starters from that as well. If we keep this going, next up was the Philadelphia Eagles. Very short, but very sweet draft from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, when you tie in the A.J. Brown trade, I think you can make the case them and the New York Football Jets uh, and the Baltimore Ravens were the three biggest winners on draft weekend. Uh, I hate that it pains me to say that as a Giants fan, but I, I do think it is the truth with what the Eagles were able to do. And it's not just this. It's the, the Carson Wentz trade last year, then then the trade, you know, where they picked up another first round pick, uh, you know, with Miami when Miami came up for Jalen Waddle, you know, last year, you know, so the Eagles are stockpiling picks. Then they trade one of their three away this year 
to get another future one next year from New Orleans, who I think is going to be an average team at best. So they're they're looking at two first round picks next year, which I think probably would be in the middle part of round one or the middle to the early twenties. Uh, but that's two draft picks with the ammunition to go up and need it if they need a quarterback. So they got future ammunition. They made an amazing trade. They turned one of their first round picks this year uh, into AJ Brown. They only had to give up a third to to get and that first to get AJ Brown. So I mean, I think he's one of the top five to seven best wide receivers in the game. He's only twenty four. They lock him in now for the next five years or so. So that portion of everything the Eagles did was unbelievable. Then you talk about the picks that they actually made. In the first round, they moved up. They leapfrogged Baltimore to take Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis. Uh, in the second round, pick 51, they took Nebraska center Cam Jurgens. I think he's going to be the eventual starting safety there. In the third round, the steal of the draft, they get Georgia linebacker Nicobe Dean, who most people thought was going to be a round one guy. Then there was talk, okay, maybe he falls to the early portion of round two. Injury concerns have him fallen all the way to the middle of the third round. At that point, that's tremendous value. Uh, in the sixth round, they took Kansas edge Kyron Johnson. And in the sixth round, they took SMU tight end Grant Calcaterra, a favorite of mine that before he retired due to concussions, I thought he had a Dallas Clark-like skill set. So to me, he can eventually be the backup there in Dallas Goddard. They like that pass-catching role. I think Calcaterra could be a tight end too. I think Kobe Dean could be their best tight, uh, their best linebacker this year. I think Cam Jurgens is a future stud starting center. I think Georgia, I think Jordan Davis is a guy who could be a dominant defensive tackle as well. And then, oh yeah, by the way, add to the draft class, a future first round pick and AJ Brown. It's impossible to beat that. To me, they were the far and away biggest winners. Then the Jets, then the Ravens uh, would be my, my big three right there. Uh, for me, if I really, even though I loved everything they did, uh, my favorite pick would be uh, probably Nicobe Dean. Uh, value pick is also Nicobe Dean, but I also like the Jordan Davis, Cam Jurgens, obviously training for AJ Brown. Questionable. There's nothing about it that I found too questionable. Maybe if you want to nitpick, not getting some secondary help, I think they could have used some depth at the cornerback position. Uh, so if we're really nitpicking in terms of questionable decisions, not getting a cornerback there w- would be the one that, that I would say maybe uh, it's something they could have done slightly different. Last up, finishing off the NFC East is the Washington Commanders. Uh, commanders had pick 13. They traded down a few picks, uh, and they took Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Sorry. Pick 11, they traded with the Saints from pick 11 to pick 16. They took Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. In the second round, they took Alabama defensive tackle for Darian Mathis. In the third round, they took Alabama running back Brian Robinson. In the fourth round, they took Louisiana safety Percy Butler. In the fifth round, they took North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell. In the fifth round, they also took Nevada tight end Cole Turner. In the seventh round, they took Tulsa guard Chris Paul. And then in the seventh round, they took Oklahoma State cornerback Christian Holmes. Uh, favorite pick. For me, it was Jahan Dotson. I know people think 16 is rich. Could they have stayed there and just taken Jamison Williams or Chris Olave at 11? Sure. And I would have preferred that over Jahan Dotson. But I love Jahan Dotson. I think, to me, he's a more explosive, more explosive, better vertical speed, and a better hands catcher than uh, Deontay Johnson, who I love coming out of Toledo. He's been a tremendous NFL player. Some battled some inconsistencies with his hands. But I think Dotson is more explosive. I think he's uh, better vertically than Deontay Johnson, just as good a route runner, better ball skills, better body control, uh, and better collegiate production. So I, I like the Jahan Dotson pick. 
could they have stayed at 11 and got a better, you know, got a slightly better receiver in Jameson Williams or Chris Olave? Sure, but I don't think Dotson's that far off. I had a first round grade on him. So I really like that. My value pick was Sam Howell. Well, I wasn't a huge Sam Howell fan. Uh, I did think that he should have went somewhere on day two. I think he comes very similar to Baker Mayfield, which I know doesn't sound great, but if you could have got that on day two, I think it was a worthwhile investment. So getting him in the fifth round of pick 144 overall, I thought was tremendous value for Sam Howell. Uh, Questionable. Listen, I like Brian Robinson, the running back, but I do think taking him at pick 98, I think they had bigger needs than taking another running back in the, the top three rounds, they got Antonio Gibson. They brought back J.D. McKissick. So I thought the Robinson, while I like the player and he adds a different element to their run game than what Gibson and McKissick obviously do, I thought it might, that could have been used in a different way. And also for Darian Mathis, I think he's a good player, but 47 seems really rich in this today's NFL for a guy who's mostly just, you know, he's not an athletic marvel like, you know, uh, like Jordan Davis. He's a guy who's gonna he's gonna really good and really sturdy against the run, but that's about it. And forty seven seems a little rich for that. So they did some things with Dotson and Howell that I liked. I like Brian Robinson, the player, but didn't love them going to the running back position. I thought Mathis was a little bit of a reach there. So I didn't really love what the commanders did. If I was ranking the the teams in terms of how I liked their drafts and, and obviously if there were trades involved as well, I think the Eagles are the far clear winner in the division in terms of the players they got, the future first round pick and AJ Brown. I think the Giants were second with their two quarter stone potential picks in the first round. Some really interesting guys on day three who I think could develop, and we'll see about their day two. I know that's the, where the question marks lie for the Giants. Can Wendell Robinson be as good as I think or the Giants think, or is the rest of, of the draft media people potentially right that he was overdrafted? And Cordell Flott and Josh, Joshua Azedu, let's see what they turn into. Then I would say the Cowboys would be third, Commanders would be fourth if I'm kind of ranking uh, who I liked in the NFC East. So there it is, guys. Every My thoughts on every team from the NFC East, quick hitting style. Uh, this is just part two of eight, uh, breaking down every team's draft by uh, division. So hope you're enjoying these. I'd love to interact with you. You guys share your thoughts on these guys, maybe where you differ with my opinions or, or ask for my take on, on other things with your team as well. So on behalf of Dave. Our sound and tech engineer and myself, thank you for joining us. And I look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.